all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it and what were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Welcome, everybody, to Skywatchers Radio on this beautiful Monday edition, April 11th. Beautiful week so far, starting out today, and I'm really happy to be joined here by my co-host, Rick Osmond. Welcome, Rick. How you doing, bud? I am present and accounted for, sir. How's that? Yes, you are. Is that good Thank enough you for, for now? Being. Thank you for being here, Sergeant. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Awesome to have you on. Awesome to be on here tonight on Skywatchers Radio. We're going to have a really cool guest. Giovanni Sticco is going to be with us uh, in the next half an hour, which is going to be really cool. He's a, a filmmaker. He just directed a film called The Encounters, which is about the UFO field, about ufology. I have no idea. I haven't seen the film yet. I really want to see it. I'm, it's a short film, so it won't take too long to watch, I'm sure. But uh, I haven't had the chance yet to sit down and watch it, but I'm really eager to pick his brain about yeah, why I... he made this movie and what exactly got him into uh, the whole UFO thing especially as a filmmaker. Right. Interesting stuff. I watched three-fourths of it in the last five minutes, so there you go. Yes. It's not a long film. It's a, that's why it's called a short movie. So uh, look forward to having yeah, him on the show here in the next half an hour, uh, Giovanni Sticco. I'm into the whole uh, filmmaking process. I like actually editing film. As you know, Rick, you and I are getting more and more into film editing and film making or producing yes. films. And uh, anytime I get you know a chance to talk to somebody in the industry or somebody who's actually doing independent films or or even short films like this, I like you know just to pick their brains about exactly how they went on about the process. So this is going to be really cool to talk to somebody who actually put together an independent film and uh, is uh, marketing it out. He's uh, trying to get people to you know to know about the movie. It's uh, it's uh, it's about UFOs, man, and UFOs are a hot topic, so hot. That uh, even the FBI is getting involved in this, Rick. I know I talked to you about this earlier, uh, before we came on air. We talked about the FBI's memo. Did you read anything in the last couple minutes before we went on air about this? Did you go and Google it yet? No, I have not. Um, that was just a little bit too short a notice for my brand of research. But um, <clears throat> if I understood it correctly, it had to do with uh, Roswell. Is that correct? It did. It. it this is now this is a bizarre bizarre thing okay this memo uh apparently proves that aliens landed at roswell and this was released online by the fbi why is this bizarre is because the fbi put this online this is not somebody's uh, website like uh, i don't know uh wikileaks or something like that putting this information out this is actually the fbi on their website they have a thing called the vault which if you go on there now you can type in 
uh, different cases or different things. Like you can type in the word UFOs, and you're gonna get a whole bunch of stuff on UFOs from the Blue Book to you know stuff like this that just landed on there. Uh, it kind of amazes me that they're putting this stuff online. But this uh, this reads. Check this out. It says a bizarre memo that appears to prove that aliens did land in New Mexico prior to 1950 has been published by the FBI. The bureau has made thousands of files available in a new online res uh, resource called The Vault. Now among them is a memo to the director Guy Huddle, the special agent in charge of the Washington field office in 1950. And in this memo, uh, whose subject line is Flying Saucers, Agent Huddle reveals that an Air Force investigator had stated that three so-called flying saucers had indeed been recovered in New Mexico. The investigator gave the information to a special agent. He said the FBI has censored both the agent and the investigator's identity, obviously for, you know, you can pretty much know why they, they censored those, but Agent yeah. Huddle went down, uh, went to write that they were described as being uh, circular in shape with a raised center approximately 50 feet in diameter. Now, each one occupied three bodies in them of human shape. They were humanoid, like everybody knows, little grays. They're about three feet tall, and he stated, the bodies were dressed in a metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to a blackout suit used by speed flyers and test pilots. Okay, and uh, now these are three and a half feet tall or three feet tall beings. He said that the informant whose identity was censored in the memo claimed that the saucers had been found in New Mexico due to the fact that the government has a very high-powered radar setup in that area. And it is believed that that radar interfered with the, controlling, with the controlling mechanisms of the actual saucers. Now, they did have this back in the uh, in the 40s and 50s when radar started being really, you know, when they really started using radar heavily in the, the Army. Uh, he then stated right. that the special agent did not attempt to investigate any further once this was released. The release of the secret memo is likely to fuel conspiracy theories, of course, uh, and especially those claims of government cover-ups like we talk about here on the show and in our individual shows. Mm. The town of Roswell in uh, New Mexico that. became infamous. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, became infamous after reports of a flying saucer had crashed in the desert near the military base around, of course, July 2nd, 1947. This is a bombshell, if true. I mean, uh, you know, I saw the memo. I can see it right here on the website, Rick. I'm going to go ahead and link it to you so you can check it out. Um, cool. This is a bombshell. This is disclosure right there. If this is real, if this is authentic, I have no reason to doubt that this is real whatsoever. None. Well... What's interesting to me is uh, agent or special agent Huddle or whatever his actual title was, field director Huddle. Field director, probably right. Came from the, st the state of Washington, correct? That is correct. And, yes. Okay, so uh, this would have been just weeks after um, the uh, the case at Maury Island. It would have right. been. A month after Ken, um, God, my brain's having a fart contest. Ken God. Um, uh, there, there's, a, there's a little sound bite for Ken. Uh, Ken, Ken God. <laughs> Ken Arnold had his encounter. Ah, yes, that's right. And yet the memo is from 1950. Well, yeah, the memo so, is dated a few years later, but... It, I mean, they're talking about the actual Roswell crash in 47. In so I'm, I'm, right, but 
where I'm going with this is I would like to find out if Agent Huddle was actually in charge in Washington State in 47 because it would have been a natural for him for his natural curiosity to follow up if he indeed was conveying the intelligence to Washington DC um, about Ken Arnold sighting and Maury Island right. incident and all that stuff so interesting very interesting yeah this one uh, this one's right uh, right up there with uh, one of the biggest disclosure bombshells uh, or leaks or whatever you want to call it about disclosure that's come out in a very long time I mean if this is real uh, you know this pretty much opens the door for disclosure right then and there this is it I mean this is what everybody's been waiting for now if you check out the link you will see images on there of the gray from the alien autopsy video which has been debunked yeah that's about five feet tall Right, it's a, it's a little bit taller than what they're talking about here. You're talking about three foot tall aliens, so that is not an accurate picture. Don't guys, don't think that that's an actual still image uh, put out there by the FBI on the purpose of right. disclosing this as being an authentic image of the aliens that landed here. That that's not it. The, the alien autopsy from the '90s has been debunked. The guys who uh, did it came forward and talked about it, you know, publicly that they've, you know, this whole thing was a staged hoax, uh, basically to make money. I think there might have been some real footage at one point they claimed, but uh, it wasn't good enough to use, so they restaged everything and redid it, which, once you do that, even if you did have authentic footage at one point, uh, you lose all credibility by the time they, you know, that, that comes out. Because, hey, you already you already admitted that you're, you hoaxed everything that everybody saw. So, uh, yeah, there's no credibility whatsoever to the alien autopsy. So don't look at that, those images and get confused. If you guys go to dailymail.co.uk and look at the article on there, it's uh, it's still pretty, pretty amazing that the FBI put this on their website. You'd figure, look, I understand the FBI will have some stuff on UFOs. I completely understand that. They'll, of course, have reports uh, that really uh, go nowhere, kind of like dead-end reports. I'm positive they'll have stuff like that. Maybe the stuff on Blue Book, you know, stuff that's been disclosed by the government already. The fact that they have something like this on there, which clearly states that flying saucers crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, that alien bodies were recovered, this clearly states that. After all the cover-up in the last 50-plus years, 60 years now, after all that cover-up, now they finally disclose the truth via the FBI. Kind of amazing. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's still kind of um, open to debate on my, <clears throat> in my view as to the authenticity of this because I'm only seeing it in the Daily Mail. I'm gonna have to find it on the FBI website. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh no, it's there. I, I actually confirmed it. If you guys go to the FBI website, you can see this right there. Uh, I mean, this. I actually, <clears throat> before I ran with this story this weekend on my other show, The Jackal's Head, I went on there and I confirmed that this was actually on the website. I don't want to look like a damn fool and uh, send people to the, to you know to the website looking for something that wasn't there. So, I did you know do the research. Now, uh, there's been other reports, other stuff that's come out from this you know this report. Uh, one actually, which kind of calls you know calls it into uh, into debunk it. Really, it's uh, from the examiner.com. Uh, which concludes the inclusive FBI UFO memo release causes UFO uh, furor over on Facebook. And uh, they concluded there, like you said, Rick, uh, that they really don't believe it yet unless more evidence is uh, put forward uh, by this. But they are saying that this is starting to make the rounds, this uh, memo news, and it's uh, pretty much causing you know a lot, of, a lot of static on Facebook. A lot of people are posting it on pages and uh, are reading up about this. So th this is uh, starting to explode. 
Well, cool. We'll have to get Mr. Bassett on to talk about this shortly. That would be great. Yes, that would definitely be great. Now, just to read a little bit of what this other article from the Examiner says here. It says, a 60-year-old routine FBI memo that was been available to the public for over three decades, which some say is at the end of the chain of custody of the truth that began with the lecture by a con man who would later be convicted of fraud is suddenly the latest news in UFO disclosure. A week after the FBI website released the revamped documents access system uh, called The Vault, a wave of Facebook postings has propagated the inaccurate concept that the FBI has released proof of alien spacecraft crashed near Roswell uh, in 1947, and that this constitutes disclosure of the UFO reality. Now it says here, and continues, in 1950, SAC, which is uh, SAC Guy uh, Huddle, Mr. Huddle, that was his position, SAC, so that stands for what exactly, Rick? Uh, Sergeant? Special well, Agent in Charge. Ah, there you go. Uh, there you go. SAC, Special Agent in Charge. Guy Huddle may or may not have written the report to the director of the FBI passing along some information given to him by an officer of the OSI for reasons unknown. The veracity of which is unproven and considered a matter closed. The existence of the memo has been public information for the last three decades. Now, it says here, but thanks to British tabloid uh, and Michael Cohen, to a, to a British tabloid and Michael Cohen, the memo that the FBI has posted as proof of aliens at Roswell has been a falsehood du jour. Following the footsteps of recent Jerusalem Dome of Rock video fabrications, the British Jets chase UFO uh, down the M5 at YouTube, which was a fabrication also in an endless stream of predecessors and all kinds of hoaxes online. It says here, uncritical acceptance of tabloid journalism and viral propaganda inaccuracies have made this a sensible investigation of UFO claims harder than ever to believe, even as the noise-to-signal ratio increases almost exponentially. Truly phenomenal events are being recorded at an almost alarming reported rate on a daily basis. And that's, of course, given to the fact that everybody now has handheld video cameras on their phones. So anybody who sees anything can just snap a picture or, or take a video and report it. Or And there's some all kinds of apps now. There's like a daily UFO reporter app on Android phones and, and yeah. iPhones. So if you see something on the sky that looks kind of weird, you could report it right there and it'll go right through the system. So basically, this is pretty much what is taking up a lot of the resources uh, when it comes to you know reporting a lot of UFOs, so a lot of it is bunk, a lot of it is you know BSs, hoaxes. I don't I don't know. I don't want to dismiss this one yet. I mean they're trying to ca you know categorize it together with uh, a bunch of other stuff. But look, this memo is real. It really is in the FBI's vault. Uh, it really did come from somewhere. All right, it really is from 1950. Yeah. All that is accurate. All of it. I mean none of that is is faked in, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the fact that they're trying to categorize this and, you know, kind of bookmark it with a lot of other stuff to try to debunk it kind of makes me think that this is really real. Why would people come out and attack it so quickly? Well, it is a real memo, okay? Yes, it is. But because it's redacted, we don't know, you know, who to ask uh, as far right. as live witnesses, if, if they're still alive, if, you know, what was, again, that word veracity – is it real or is it somebody trying to get in the favor of the FBI? Remember, in 1950, it was the hottest part of the Cold War. It was right. just before we got in, got into Korea. It was a tough time for people who were patriotic, and yet it's like, okay, what do I do when the FBI wants to know something? And it, you know, uh, apparently 
there was some kind of an official meeting, an investigator for the Air Force talking to the FBI. This is not normal. It had to be something, right. you know, it had to be something. Uh, it wouldn't have been a chance meeting. It, um, you know, obviously, if it was a chance meeting, the FBI agent, whose name is redacted, is felt it was important enough to pass on to his special agent in charge, sure, his boss. Right. And you, know, and you know, Rick, what really gets to me is the confession of Walter Hart a few years ago uh, before his passing, yes. the, the letter he left. He was the guy who put the memo originally out, guys. He's the one that put out the the uh, memo that said the uh, United States government had discovered a flying saucer that crashed and, and there was the, the bodies. All that stuff. He was the initial guy who put that memo out to the public, and he was the one who was told to retract it and say it was a weather balloon. He came out before he passed away. And mind you, this man has nothing to gain whatsoever right at all he's not going to sell books and go on a book lecture and uh, make money off the of signings or anything he has nothing whatsoever to gain yet he publicly released a document stating that everything that happened at roswell was accurately reported originally meaning there was a crash there were bodies there were aliens uh that it was all true and it was a cover-up by the government walter hutt put that out and with that claim and with this memo, uh, you can start pretty much lining up the dots and connecting them. Yeah. And it kind of yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really yeah, anxious. I'm going to be really anxious to hear not only Stephen Bassett's take on it, but also Stanton Friedman Definitely. and uh, a couple others. Don Smith. Don's yes. going to be in seventh heaven. <laughs> he he's the one. You know, he's the one that actually. Yeah, he's the one that actually got the deathbed letter out of Walter Howe. Right, yeah. So. That's right. I mean, yeah, we have to have uh, a few of those guys back on the show pretty soon. Uh, no no joke oh, there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is big time, guys. This is huge. Uh, there's other new stuff to, to cover. Rick, do you have anything you want to share with the audience before we uh, go on our break in a little bit? Yes, um, and this will only take a couple of minutes. I was cruising Facebook and I ran across someone who had like 400 photos in an album and I was bored so I was going through them. One of them was a cartoon that showed two no it wasn't yours. This was actually entertaining sorry. Oh okay good Um, good good. good. Understood (laughs) Two ants two ants on a tile floor and one of them is saying I've done you know I've monitored all the pheromones if there were anybody up there I'd know it Well, you were breaking up slightly there. Uh, if I could understand you without the robotic sound, I'm sure it was really funny. Okay. Oh, okay. Just like your Facebook page. Anyway, yeah, yeah, there two, ants, <laughs> two, two ants on a tile floor, and one of them is saying to the other ant, I've monitored all the pheromone trails. If there were anybody up there, I'd know it by now. So that's kind of how I feel about SETI. Ah, yeah, that's a the very wrong good type of information. <laughs> no kidding. We've been. How long have we been saying that though? With SETI? Uh, since I've been on the air, for sure. At least, I mean, uh, no kidding. We've been talking about SETI and how inept they are in their search for UFOs, and not even for UFOs, just for life on another planet. I mean, the the way they're going about it is so rudimentary. They're looking completely 
in a one-dimensional manner. They're looking for life. They're looking for life as we know it, exactly like us, in a sense. They have to have radio technology, radio waves, you know, the same kind of right. stuff that we would use. Right. But SETI's mission is not to look for just life. Their mission is to look for intelligent life. Right. And uh, this is where you have to fall back on it takes one to know one, and we don't have one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's still no intelligent life on this planet. That's for damn sure. None. And that's Mitchu Kaiku's position as well. We're, we're civilization level zero. That's right. Yeah. We're pushing towards level one. But but if we blow ourselves up before we reach level one, we'll never get anybody out there to pay any attention to us other than to kind of keep an eye on the bully on the corner. Well, you, you know, my my whole theory on that thing, I was listening, it's funny, I was listening to the uh, Travis Walton interview that I did. I just put it up on YouTube, and I was listening back to it uh, a couple nights ago, and I was listening to a part where I tell them my theory on the whole, you know, going from type zero to type one civilization. And my theory on it, and I'll reiterate, is until we are a threat uh, to be a type one civilization until that point, I don't think we're going to see aliens come down and really talk to us and and uh, kind of do the whole Star Trek thing where they interact with us in a, in a friendlier manner. They're going to keep us kind of as, you know, garden pets until that point. Until we can move Guard outside pests, of the solar system. You say. Pests, pets, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it kind of goes back to that uh, Star Trek movie called, uh, I be believe it was First Contact. Yes. Where that that was, of course, we were up against, according to that, we were up against not only the Borg, but also against ourselves. Which is pretty much in reality. Even though Gene Roddenberry didn't have anything directly to do with that movie, it was movie. It was certainly written in his uh, general Style. philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Great movie too. And I have to it's, agree it's with that. It's funny you bring that one up. I have a poster of First Contact on my wall still to this day, and that movie's from '96. That was a really good movie. Yeah. The, the concept in that movie was just phenomenal. It really was. Uh, real good stuff. Uh, listen, I have another uh, article that I do want to read. This one's uh, titled "ET Phone Here: N NYC Man Launches UFO Hotline." Check this out. It says, "When in New Yorkers uh, see something unusual in the streets or in the sky, they could just call 911, right? Well, see something unusual in the sky is a little bit different. So now you can call Joseph Cap. Cap, a 68-year-old retired Brooklyn." Uh, Brooklynier, I guess it says here, uh, has launched what appears to be a New York City's first UFO hotline, offering a sympathetic ear to those who have just witnessed an unexplained phenomenon. When some people see UFOs, it changes them. It alters their belief system. It challenges a lot of what they believe, he told AOL News. That can affect someone. But when witnesses try to explain the strange things they have seen, they face intense scrutiny. Allegations of uh, hoaxes, debunkers, alienating themselves, and potentially deterring other witnesses from coming forward, said Cap. They get slammed by UFO researchers, and they get slammed by the media, the former computer consultant said. The minute they come forward, they are on trial. So Cap decided to start a 24-hour hotline where people can discuss the UFO sightings without fear of ridicule. 
for only twenty four ninety nine a month. No, just kidding. Uh, not <laughs> we're not gullible. He says uh, we know that the difference between the satellites and the stars and what might be an unidentified flying object, but we will give you the benefit of the doubt for twenty four ninety nine a month. Perhaps that's because Cap himself has experienced UFO sightings in the Atlantic City Beach region. It says here I witnessed two discs uh, flying in a daytime sighting back in nineteen sixty two. I have witnessed. Uh, the impossible, he said, and so have others. He wrote on his blog, The UFO Media Matters. Whatever we do will be decided to gaining a better understanding of what the subject is and advocating compassion for those honest and courageous people who have experienced reports of UFO phenomenon and experienced the outcome of the UFO phenomenon cap. Uh, UFO hotline isn't the first of its kind, though. Larger groups have, such as the National Nash, National that's a tough one National UFO Reporting Center, and of course MUFON, accept calls from witnesses. Also, kind of like this dude, but uh, interesting. Uh, you know, this is kind of uh, amusing. There's a lot of sightings coming out of New York, so I guess there would be you know there'll be business for this type of uh, of this hotline. Now I, I don't know if they do charge. I'm not sure if they do charge, or if it's a free hotline. It doesn't really state that here, even though I'm joking about the $24.99 a month. It doesn't really say one way or the other here. I'm, I'm assuming uh, that there will be kind of some kind of a charge for this. I mean, how else would he be able to keep this line? No, I, no, I wouldn't assume that. You know, he could he could just be, you know, MUFON doesn't charge for somebody to report a sighting. They only charge well, people to learn how to investigate according to MUFON's rules. But That's even more have, important to me... You might be doing it. You might be doing it through Skype also, and just uh, yeah. pay the monthly fee. Yeah, right. But even more important to me is I'm going to hear more about his 1962 sighting because that's the same year that Dennis had his sighting. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah, if we could pin down a date, you know, was it the same date that the 82nd Airborne was getting ready to head to Cuba? Because <clears throat> that's when huh. Dennis had his sighting. That's interesting. You know, Were we they headed? From Atlantic City to, yeah, might have to give that guy a call. Yeah, at his hotline. Uh, it says here yeah. he started the hotline in February and says he received about 20 calls in the first two months. But in the past days since the news of the hotline spread online, it's uh, in an article uh, in the New York Post, Cap says that he has fielded an additional 20 calls just in the last uh, couple of days. Uh, and with the help of other volunteers, he hopes to receive a, and possibly verify research and much more into the uh, UFO phenomenon. It says here, we are not going to lie to them. We're not going to lie, but we're not going to make fun of them either. We're not here to make fun. Right. We're, here, we're not here to judge. Uh, basically, Good you know, plan. he's just here to listen. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad idea. It isn't. I will say uh, well, it, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, look, this at least moves away from MUFON and from, you know, big institutions that are in place within ufologies that are take reports and then don't really talk about them. That are in the last time. Skeptics. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, this takes this off of their hands and uh, it gives you another avenue to report stuff. So if, if you don't want to, you know, report it on your phone app like I do, Every time I see a plane, I mean a UFO in the sky, I report it on my phone app. If you don't want to do that, now you have a hotline where you can actually call and report it, guys. So there you go. I'm going to get the number for this uh, and, and put it online or put it here uh, on the show, and, and maybe next week I'll give it out. I don't know the number offhand. It's not on this article, which is kind of weird. You'd figure that they would 
have the phone on the article here, but it's not on the article we whatsoever. We will so. find it. We will find it, indeed. Guys, we're also going to find our guest who's going to join us in a little bit here. Giovanni Sticco was going to be with us. As we go to commercial break, I want to urge everybody who's listening to please go to TalkStream Live, click on our link, come back to the page here, and keep listening. But it kind of helps in the rankings. So if you go to TalkStream Live, that's kind of like a good thing, I hear. Uh, so we try to you know, we try to do that because apparently it's a good thing, right, Rick? That's what they say. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I haven't... So, you know, I haven't investigated as to how much it builds our traffic, but we'll see. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. So one of you guys who are, who are listening Ooh, okay. in on this show, uh, even if you're not listening in live now, if you hear it on podcast later or whatever, you know, you get this show, go to TalkStream Live and give us a click whenever you can. Anyway, guys, we'll be right back here on Skywatchers Radio with our guest, Giovanni. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Adventures in time and space, transcribed in future tense. The powwow. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one. Disorder never sounded so good. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine presents The Powwow. Weekends at 12, only on SoFloRadio.com. The internet is not a brochure rack. You can't create a website like you'd create a brochure. Print it once, never update it. You've got to treat your website content like a business asset. But, face it, you don't have time to focus on your web content. Turn it over to IonLeap. We're an internet marketing agency who helps companies get found by search engines using robust content. Bring your website content to life. Learn more at IonLeap.com. in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com 
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually three to four pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. Hi everybody, this is Boca Brian once again to tell you about my latest CD of religious comedy bits, Word of Boca. All my smash hits made famous throughout the world. Or the, well, not exactly the world. Let's see. Parts of Boca Chobie down to, no, I'd say a calendar. Well, like I was oh, saying, man. the most requested religious comedy bits ever to be heard all over your radio for too short a time. You'll get such hits as... You'll get Father Amen. And this all time Boca classic. They were speaking in tongues. That, 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 that yes, it's Word of Boca. About 30 all time certified aluminum religious hits by Boca Brian, who sits on the middle finger of God while singing about men of the moist cloth. That's Word of Boca. Available now at all Peaches, Records, and, uh, I mean, at Order Yours Today by clicking on the album cover on SoBlowRadio.com. Hello? Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now, this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Saturday or Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well, it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head, on the Soup Media Network. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, 
coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. PSN Radio The Soup. The best in talk radio anywhere. Skywatchers Radio, that's right, here on PSN Radio, with our guest, Mr. Giovanni Sticker, who joins us here tonight. Giovanni, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to have you on here. Giovanni here, like we were saying earlier, is the director, the writer, and producer of a short film called The Encounters. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about this short film. It, you know, what exactly is it about? Uh, you know, the obvious, obviously, it's about alien encounters, but exactly what's the plot line of this movie? Uh, it's, uh, it's basically uh, um, a close encounter with, uh, with uh, Nordic extraterrestrials or slash Palladians and uh, a okay. uh, recently recently widowed uh, man who loses his wife and child uh, uh, ventures out into the desert uh, in a suicidal uh, frame of mind and goes out there and has flashbacks of certain sequences of his life and then he decides to uh, take his own life and that's when he experiences an a extraterrestrial with a uh, Palladian and she basically uh, 
he goes into their world and he experiences a spiritual uh, uh, religious encounter and comes back with full of knowledge. Wow. That's, uh, that sounds pretty really good cool, synopsis. Actually. Yeah, not too bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, this would be yeah. a really good long two-hour movie. <laughs> so how, how long exactly is the film? Uh, it's a short film, but how long are we talking about here? <clears throat> it's uh, it's roughly about, I think in total time, it's about 7 minutes and 11 seconds. I think that's probably uh, enough to kind of uh, get a general idea of, of uh, what the story is about and you know that type of... Uh, I think it's it's kind of a fresh new idea from your normal uh, extraterrestrial film. If you uh, notice, uh, we don't have too many of these types of films anymore. Uh, it's predominantly the other way around. You know, so it was a right. refreshing idea, yeah. something like this, <coughs> as what opposed it, to Battle you? L.A. and I'm yeah, sorry? exactly. As a, <laughs> as opposed to Battle <laughs> we're L.A. Talking, we're talking at the same time. District would, Nine and. All these other conflicting or conflict type encounter movies. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't think there was much. Well, I don't think there was a motivation to do something like like this. It just was something that, you know, living in Nevada, you can't uh, ignore the fact that there's so much extraterrestrial activity here, and right. that's what prompted me to do something like this. And through having quite a few dreams of uh, Nordic extraterrestrials interaction in my dreams and uh, doing research I decided to not to make the whole film science fiction but to kind of mix it with reality I tried to make it as realistic as possible with a realistic situation with this with this particular gentleman and his experience with extraterrestrial and that's what my motive was is to kind of direct ex uh, direct sci-fi into a positive versus a negative cool because, because well, when you I'll think about it, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, if you know, I mean, um, I saw a movie called recently called Battle L.A., which was a complete disappointment and the same old rubbish. <laughs> Paul, I enjoyed, but it's <laughs> a yes. smoking yeah, alien. Like Paul. It's interesting, um, but it's you know, smoke, I, I uh, smart ass alien. Yeah. Exactly, and <laughs> uh, in, in fact, I was actually in. <clears throat> Way from Nevada about a month ago, and I actually went into the Alien Inn where they filmed part of that film. And there's something very um, interesting about Area 51, Rachel, Nevada. It's 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 difficult to explain it in words, but it's a very it at night is when it gets weird. So <laughs> it's a very alien. Well, I've place, always heard, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it, I've often heard the world it. <laughs> I've often heard that uh, Rachel is is itself rather alien, but nevertheless. Um, oh yeah, I, I have a whole bunch of questions. I have sure. a whole bunch of questions about this movie. I was mm -hmm. just reading a blurb about the the production of it, and you you actually had a sighting um, after you had had everything in the can. Is that correct? Yeah. It was. Um it was basically uh, while we were filming. And, okay. uh, it, you know, that particular area is um, its not too far from uh, Nellis Air Force Base. And right. And keep on okay. going. Well, they, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's activity going on, and that, that military chapter was really there watching us. And we said, hey, why don't we just film that? And then we get the mutilated calf, and then... Uh, 
an alien-looking face on a rock. And then uh, when we're doing night shots, uh, we saw a white ball-like orb way in the distance. It just shape-shifted, and it just just it stood there. It stood there for about two minutes. It was zipping from left to right, up and down, and then it disappeared. It was uh, a very interesting uh, experience being out there in the isolated desert. So the um, the scenes where the guy pulls his pickup truck off the road, basically, um, what road is that, just out of curiosity? Lake Mead. Aha. Lake Mead. Okay. It's uh, up there near Frenchman's Mountain. Um, yeah. I, I would have I loved to film in Area 51, but it's a very touchy place, and it's about 300 miles from Las Vegas, so we, we figured we'd do something that was about... 40 miles versus 300 to 150 miles so that's where the executive producer role kicks in it's like no we're not going to go 300 miles if we can do the same thing in 40 miles precisely and you know i meant uh no and i don't think anybody would have known uh that this was uh could be anywhere uh yeah past for area 51 it just really depends on it could have passed for us 50 up by fallon air force base as well that's correct. That, that's correct. I mean, you know, the whole thing here is is that uh, um, <clears throat> if you want, I don't know. I mean, some people got it, some people didn't get it. But you know, when he's roaming through the desert, there's there's all these signs of sadness and isolation, reminders of sadness and death, and you know, all these types of things. And and I think that I try to uh, really focus in on the on the emotional pain that this person was feeling and feeling hopeless and stuff and by interacting with an extraterrestrial gave him new hopes and a spiritual awakening by by going by taking him and giving him spiritual knowledge and understanding to how to better live his life and to understand that dying is is a natural process but the spirit is forever yeah okay so the other thing that happened that was kind of a surprise if i understand it correctly was you came upon what passed for at least a mutilated animal, mm-hmm, yeah. and actually included it because it was really handy to do that. Yeah, that was just laying there <laughs> with no <laughs> tongue and no eyes, and uh, uh, you know, Ouch. the typical example, the typical example of what a mutilated calf uh, would uh, experience uh, if it was uh, extraterrestrial went down, and I don't know why they take out the eyes and the tongue and. I don't know why they do that, but this this calf was missing a few parts. Interesting. <laughs> and of course, that is okay. open range country. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yes and no. I mean, they don't really. Yeah, I, I'm not. Sh- somewhat, uh, somewhat uh, open range. I think there was a burrow. Uh, the burrow's like a half. I don't know, half horse, half something. I'm not sure what it is. Well, it's an ass, actually, but there, donkey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they call them a newbie, a new, a new uh, uh, I forget the name of it. But yeah, it's a cross between those three, yeah. They're small, though. Yeah, they're small. They were brought uh, during uh, the gold miners' period. They used to carry all the tools for the miners back in the yep. 1800s. They were, when they were you, when you see all the cartoons of the prospectors, that's the kind of animal he's got 300 pounds of gear on. That, yeah, they brought those animals down from Africa back in the 1800s, I believe. And so Nevada is full of uh, all those types of things, you know. 
Well, Nevada is full of a lot of strange stuff. Yeah, it is. We're not going to talk about the strip and what goes on there because we know what goes down on Las Vegas Boulevard. That's a whole other strangeness in itself. Oh, that, 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 oh, oh I, you name it. You name it, we got it. We have everything that, uh, it's a, a very interesting town in, in every aspect, though. Um, but um, uh, I'm all ears. Any questions you'd like to have? I don't want to dominate the conversation, so you're more than welcome. To oh, well, this is about you. <laughs> this is about you. Oh, I don't want to be talking about hookers. It's all about you. Oh, okay. And, and, yeah. and look, any yeah, conversation that turns to hookers and, 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 and casinos, I'm all for it. So. Oh, yeah, I was going there myself. But yeah. So, so, so uh, both you guys are in Florida, correct? No, I'm in Indiana, well, no, actually. I'm in, I'm but in I've spent a lot of... Yeah. What's yeah. That? Oh, you're in He's Indiana. down on South Beach, and I'm on Amish Beach. Oh. There you go. <laughs> well, that, well Indiana, that, that Indiana, that's where they filmed uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I believe. A lot of that's it, yes. Correct, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. That was more toward the uh, the Ohio Indiana border, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, a lot of it was actually at the uh, Wabash um, facility for Indiana Public Service. The electrical, when you saw the electrical uh-huh. uh, control panel. Okay. That, that was a real Indiana Public Service control room. Oh, in Wabash, okay. Indiana, and a, fr- a friend of mine was working there. So oh, I see. Oh, I see. He wasn't in the movie. They were uh-huh. displacing him to do the movie. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we all we all have our uh, spots here uh, for for uh, for uh, extraterrestrial and and all kinds of interesting things. And uh, Indiana seems to be a very pretty place, and Nevada has its own thing. I mean, you leave. You go 15 miles out, it's like, you know, you go from one extreme to the other, from extreme traffic to extreme nothingness. Yes. So that's the and thing about being it. Being from Indiana, I prefer the latter. Oh, yeah. Have you guys been to Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. I've been Actually, to Vegas a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, you both have? Yep. Mm-hmm. Been to Reno yeah. and to Fallon, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, okay. I used to work for the U.S. Navy and spent some mm-hmm. time at Fallon. In an official capacity, right, but, right, you know, right. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't uh, I wasn't a resident. I was just a visitor. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's quite interesting uh, place. Once you leave Las Vegas and start heading further out, it becomes more and more kind of a rural, and the people Nothing. are different. <laughs> it's not people out in you go out. An hour and a half from here, two hours, and they're all cowboys, and uh, you know, yes. and they don't know what you are, or where you're from, and they, they love how they say they say, "Are you Italian?" It's not Ita- Italian; it's Italian. They don't see Italians over there. You know, it's just cowboys over there, and it, you know, people want to go to Rachel, Nevada. They want to go see UFOs, and everybody that goes there thinks they're going to see a UFO, but uh, wherever I go, they seem to follow me. They're watching me. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Well, speaking of watching, the MH-53 helicopter. I'm sorry? Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, Okay. The MH-53 helicopter that you got on film, by the way, Mm -hmm. and and that is um, a special operations helicopter type, MH-53. Yeah. They had Uh, guns and everything on there. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and they only cir- they, they only circled around us about six times, right above our heads. Well, and then they, and then they, they also had a fuel boom. They What's had that? a fuel boom on it. The mm-hmm. the long thing that stuck out the front is actually a fueling in in flight refueling. Tube. Oh really? Wow. So that they I, mean, could, I was I'll be honest, I was kind of scared because I don't know what their motivation was, you know. And then eventually well, they, they didn't know what yours was either. Exactly, and then eventually just they just went in between two mountains and just disappeared. And, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of strange, and uh, the day was just kind of strange throughout, you know. Yep. And they must have had some loiter time built in. They weren't going from place to place, or they wouldn't circle six times. No, 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 they went around. They were were so close to us, though, that it could make you go deaf. That's how close they were. Yes. Just above our heads. Oh, they're very loud. Oh, yeah, and they were all looking at me, and they had their little, that big, long gun thing out there and it was just kind of a I have to say that that, that film definitely changed uh, it really uh, something that really stuck in my head for a long time when I did a little piece it may not look when you see it you may not feel like it's nothing much but when you're there when you're filming and you're when, when you're in that kind of remote area it does something to you out there the desert does something to you besides yes. you know many other things yeah I drove from Reno to Fallon it, it mm-hmm. does mess with your head I drove from Reno to Fallon more than once, and one of the most amazing things to me was seeing four or five dust devils crossing the desert, you know, all all at the same time. What are, the, uh, are those you're talking referring to, uh, planes? or The dust devils? Yeah. No, dust devils, the natural phenomenon of a, uh, a, air vort- a vortex of air, rising air, oh, oh. and it kicks up the dust, but... To see four or five of them at one time is uh, is quite a sight. That, Incredible you know, it's, in itself, yeah. It's not something, yeah, it's yeah, not I, something well, I, I, in I, Indiana. Well, I just, our, I, version, I, I, our version is a tornado. But Wow. That's a while. I guess I learned something new today. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I tell you, um, uh, the encounter is, um, it's, it's, it's a very uh, special project for the right person, the right studio to, to visualize what they can do with it. And uh, it's a little, bit, a little bit of an interpretation of uh, the Billy Meyer experience for those who are skeptics about Billy Meyer. But, you know, I mean, of course, he wasn't the first one to experience Palladians. And Guilty. Supposedly, he was Roswell. Guilty. <laughs> uh, supposedly, he was Roswell, you know. I don't know. I, that's the thing about it. But um, Here, Speaking of, of, of I, Billy Meyer, is that... Was that one of the the cases that heavily influenced uh, your your you know wanting to do this film? Was it the Billy Meyer case? Is that one of the ones you looked at deeply? I'll be co- completely honest. With you. you know, I wasn't. What, what inspired me was I kept on seeing these kind of Nordic beings in my dreams. And um, Billy Meyer, I, uh, somebody told me about Billy Meyer, and I did some research on him, and I saw the pictures, and I said, "Oh, this guy's definitely a phony." You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can believe. Yeah, I don't know if I can believe this guy with the UFOs. They, they look like hubcaps. <laughs> so, um, there's good were. reason they look like hubcaps. Yeah, it, but but yes. I, I think it was more of my own personal. <laughs> yeah, it was my own personal uh, uh, personal uh, situations that made me that encouraged me to do this. And it isn't going to stop at this. You know, I got another project. It, it's funny before you cut we, him we off too soon. Project. We, 
yeah, before we move on, just wanted to say that it's funny that you talk about the Nordic aliens. Even Travis Walton, you know, the you know initial abduction he had, you know, dealt with aliens that looked Nordic-like. Uh, there is, I think, something to the whole Nordic alien thing, and of course that's been written. And there's a lot of books and stuff about the Nordics, and uh, and even mm-hmm. in the in the Bible they talk about the Nephilim being the giants, uh, the white giants, you know, the Nordics basically. Correct, yeah. You could say that maybe they were them. So it it, it is kind of uh, it's been there for a long time, and and Travis Walton's case is very interesting. His case is one of the few that I actually believe 100 percent that he actually went through something and was abducted and mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. was taken. I really do believe mm-hmm. his case and. Uh, he tells a very it, compelling uh, story of seeing these beings that look just like us. Yeah, but however, in the film though, they they didn't use Nordics. They used like some right. kind of spiny, right. slimy looking buggers. Spiny gray. Yeah. Well, the thing was they, they yeah, Hollywood it, like Hollywood does. They changed everything in the movie and they tried to spice it up to you know to try to make it a little scarier for the for the audience. In reality, the mm-hmm. real story. If you read the Travis Walton book, Fire in the Sky, the actual book and actually follow the mm-hmm. details of his story of what happened to him, it's much more compelling than what you saw in the movie. It, they, that was a complete major waste of time what they did. Yeah, I mean, he was actually having, uh, he was actually one of the, the key speakers at the uh, the uh, 2011 uh, uh, EBE uh, out in Scottsdale, the UFO Film Congress. He was one of the speakers there. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, it, 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 I think it's quite feasible that he did uh, experience uh, what he did experience. I don't doubt it at all. But of course, Hollywood makes it so unbelievable that you can't really relate to it. It's like, come on, I mean, they over glamorize it to where it becomes unbelievable, just to punch it up a little bit. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's that, and even he said it. I mean, he he was the first one when I had him on the show that admitted that yeah, Hollywood does that, and uh, he wasn't too happy with it. In fact, he's been thinking about buying the rights to the movie and maybe re editing the movie and showing some mm-hmm. more accurate depiction of what actually happened and what was in the book. I say they should just right. redo the movie altogether. I mean, it's been 20 years already since the movie came out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a little dated. We make it with new actors now. Yeah, it's very dated now. So I would like to see a, a right. studio get you know get their hands on the Travis Walton story and make an actual, real, true-to-the-book depiction of what happened to this man. I think that would be yeah. a lot better of a film than what we turned out to, to see. Even though, look, for all the credit in the world, uh, you know, Tracy Torme, who wrote the movie and was the the backbone of getting it done, he when he handed mm-hmm. the original script, he had the Nordics in it. He had the you know the exact details of the book. It was the studios mm-hmm. and the big wigs who said, no, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to make them scarier. We want to put the grays in there or something that looked like the grays because that's popular. You know, that's basically where they were mm-hmm. going with it. And Travis, of course, already had sold his rights to the movie, had nothing to say. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't much he could do about about at that point other than protest, and he tried to protest several times. And, you know, it fell on death's right. ears. But I would love to see them, you know, remake Fire in the Sky and really get it closer to the actual book's details because I think that would be a phenomenal story if done correctly. Oh, I, I, yeah. I definitely believe so that it would uh, it would definitely be a nice twist to uh, to the original to to stick to the to the basic facts of what he really uh, what he really encountered. Right. You know, and I think that it it it's yep. a, it, my project is is my project is it's, it's I wouldn't say it's a hard project to sell, but there's no killing, there's no this, there's no that, and and some people may be feeling it's kind of boring. They want action, but the reality of it is, is that uh, you know, um, 
it's time to uh, reinvent what is real from fiction. Not to say that these, these, these other beings don't exist, though, but it's just like when you identify aliens, you always identify them, that they're, they're always the same, and it's getting kind of monotonous and kind of boring, you know. I concur. But, is that commercial? Somebody's getting a call there. Uh, good job there, okay. Mr. Professional. Uh, but we, we are going to commercial oh, well. here uh, for, for a few minutes. Uh, so, guys, stick okay. around here on Skywatchers Radio. We're going to be back in about five minutes from commercial. And uh, when we get back, we're going to have open lines. If anybody does want to call in and ask Giovanni any questions, uh, please do so. The number is 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. We are here with Giovanni Sticco, the director, writer, producer of The Encounters. And... Uh, Again, a short film. It looks very interesting, guys. Uh, please call on in and ask your questions. We'll be back in short. down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go talk stream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from talk stream live now available in the itunes app store Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually 3 to 4 pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four-week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. 
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes in a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. The internet is not your basement. You can't build a website, dump it into storage, and ignore it every day. The search engines want fresh content. You've got to treat your website content like a business asset. Turn it over to Ion Leap. We're an internet marketing agency who helps companies get found by search engines using robust content. Bring your website content to life. Learn more at IonLeap.com. Drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those snackies. Stay thirsty, my friends. The best of Neil Rogers. Unbelievable. Relive the best of Neil. Okay. Friday afternoons at 3, only on SoFloRadio.com. Did you have problems on your last date? Hey, it's cold in this restaurant. All right, I'll talk to the waiter. Well, all they got in the menu is fish. Okay, we'll go somewhere else. Oh, and ride in a dumb car of yours? I'll call a cab. You're such a weenie wimp. If your love life is at a dead end, it's time to call the Jeff Dahmer Dating Service. When you date a Dahmer girl, you'll know she meets Jeff's high standards. No annoying attitude. No bad manners. No pulse. Yes, go to the movies and restaurants you like. Talk about yourself without interruption. And at the end of the evening, never be rejected again. They're unique, they're available, and they're dead. Call the Jeff Dahmer Dating Service. We'll dig up a date for you.
Skywatchers Radio. Okay. Live. Welcome back. Skywatchers Radio here on Public Service Network with our guest, Giovanni Stico. And yeah, yeah, psn-radio.com. And during the break, Giovanni and I were talking about cameras and software and a currently ongoing convention that's in Las Vegas, which I wish I could be there. Why Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Giovanni? Uh, yeah, there, it's the uh, 2011 uh, NAB uh, convention, uh, radio broadcasting, and uh, a little bit of film in there, and uh, I've had the pleasure of going today and uh, seeing what's happening in, in, the, in the technology of all the new stuff that's happening in broadcasting and film and all the top-notch cameras and that type of thing, and I will be heading back there on, uh, on Wednesday um, to uh, meet with the client for uh, a producer and... Uh, Get to see the rest of the of the, of the convention. It's, it, you can't see it in one day. It's just too big. It's overwhelming. Yeah, the other convention they have out there is the iTech, which is again, it's a mixture of uh, purposes, but a lot of it is for security cameras and stuff like that. But correct. basically, it's all the same vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of attending one of those um, several years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Las Vegas is a very popular place to attend convention. Just ask any Shriner. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have all the major ones here. They got the Magic Show. They've got the uh, uh, what's that one? The, the car, the car CES. Uh, yeah. They have all the major, major conventions here. It's a popular place to have uh, these type of. Uh, they have the, the construction uh, convention. They have all these conventions, and they were having the uh, science, uh, the sci-fi convention here, and they moved it out to uh, Arizona. And before that, it was in yep. Laughlin. Yep. So and uh, uh, there are a lot of distractions in Las Vegas as well. If if you're going there to do business, you have to kind of avoid everything that you see around you and go directly to the convention center. Yeah, that that that, 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 that yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the, between the slot machines and the hookers and uh, yeah, it, you know, it's in back all to the, the hookers and the casinos. I'm down. Yeah, back to the yeah. and casinos. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the, the town is constantly growing. Uh, uh, when I came through Nevada in 1976, there was not much out here, and uh, the only thing I can, the only thing I remember is a big logo up there on the big marquee saying Elvis Presley Live in Concert to Hilton, and uh, that was uh, that was big in those days. Yeah, and I was Elvis there in '77 for the first time. '77, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was born in '77. The old, the old MGM hotel was there. Yeah, the old one was there. That was the that that before that was the um, I believe that was Bally's. Bally's yes. was the old. No, MGM. no, actually, I think Bally's was just down one block down, if I recall correctly. No, the Bally's but, was uh, uh, yeah, the Bally's was MGM, and then it uh, it, it was a uh, burned down or something, and they basically uh, yep. moved it over, and they fix it up and uh you know las vegas is constantly growing i mean there's not too many yep. original buildings left out here correct mm-hmm. uh at that time the silver slipper was still there and knob hill and mm-hmm. uh several of the old traditional quote unquote traditional casinos were still there in 77 uh circus circus i don't know if it's still there or not 
yeah, it's it's still here. They they tore down the sands in '96, and uh, it's uh, you know it's out with the old and in with the new. Yep. That's but the, uh, like I said, bigger, yeah. better, more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back then yeah. you could get quarter shots, and I don't oh, want to talk about what what some of the other things cost. Absolutely, though. The, the, the great thing about Las Vegas, you got another great thing. You've got a lot of paranormal activity going on here. Uh, we have our local boys in here called uh, Ghost Adventures. They're all from Las Vegas, and we have a lot of ghosts uh, at the hotels at the Hilton, and uh, and uh, we have all these paranormal stuff going on out in Virginia City in Nevada, and we have UFOs, and so it's a quite a unique place. And we have the mob here, and uh, who knows how many heads are buried out in the desert. Lots. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, then there's, yeah, then there's always that. <laughs> no kidding. You know, it's oh, funny, though, but oh, the West Coast, uh, especially the Nevada area, it really is a hotbed for all kind of paranormal and and ufology-based stuff and all kinds of uh, weird, weird stuff. And for some reason, that area really has been a hotbed for the last at least 60 years for a lot of uh, craziness. Why do you think that is? Why do you think do you think it's because of Area 51 and all the stuff that that's happened uh, with that lore and that legend that's just built up? And then it just added on all the other stuff uh, that's been happening out there. Well, I think I think Area Fifty One was opened up. Uh, I think it was I think it was after uh, Vegas was uh, you know became popular with Bugsy Siegel and everything like that. That was just an, right. that was just a cherry on a cherry on the cake, you know. Uh, I think I uh, I think uh, it was during the later part of the forties that they started burying uh, burying. Uh, yeah, that too. Uh, they started well, that too, getting yeah. Area 51 thing up. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, it, it just uh, it uh, it just uh, gave an excuse to add more wonderful things to this town. You know. Yep. That's There's a uh, book called Weird Las Vegas in Nevada. It was actually written by a friend of ours named Tim Cridlin, or he co-wrote it, I should say. Yeah, and, I read the uh, book. He, he, yeah, and Tim's based out of Las Vegas, but he's he's actually does a road show with a traveling freak show, and there's no other way to say it. Nice. Um, and he he himself is um, a, a piercer, basically. You know, sticks pins through his arm and right, right, all that kind of stuff. And they have a a, a really sexy sword swallower, and you name it. They they got all kinds of freaks. And uh, they go around the country in a bus and and just do a traveling freak show, usually at wow. biker bars. I don't know what the attraction is there, but maybe it's the piercing. I don't know. Oh, they have a couple of biker bars. Uh, you know, uh, one is here in Las Vegas, and there's another one out toward, toward uh, Red Rock. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, getting back to the UFO stuff, though. I mean, uh, I've seen probably more than a dozen sightings here, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of the, it's one of the definitely it's a definite hot spot. It's it's not the top rated one, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, well, in the, yeah, I would definitely see that. Yeah, Arizona. I think, I, I think a, a lot of activity. Yeah, yeah it's the donut. Sure do. Yeah, yeah yes, because they have a vortex donut. out Phoenix. there. Phoenix. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And back in the 50s, uh, the hot spot was right here. I mean, Bedford, Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Frank Edwards was basically here and mm-hmm. reporting on local stuff, which right. actually got him fired from his network job. But 
Exactly. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, I, I you know, uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't a, uh, um, a huge UFO guy until I made this film, and then after I made the film, I really started getting uh, deep into it, and I think uh, that kind of prompted everything to to go to a higher level. <clears throat> I'm getting into it now. I, you know, I have a few projects that I'm working on. I one I'm working on is. Uh, one is uh, about Anunnaki. It's based on a true story uh, about a girl that was found out not found out in the outback of Australia. And then we're doing a movie right now with Holly Madison, Frank Vincent, Danny Trejo, the Pawn Stars, Lil Anthony Imperials. That's called uh, Resurrection Wrath Wrath of Ribisu. That's being filmed right now in Vegas. So uh, I got a busy uh, busy schedule. Cool. Very interesting, Danny Trejo. That's a yeah. very good name right there. Machete. Absolutely. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, real cool uh -huh. actor. Really, really cool actor. That, mm -hmm. That's uh, that's good company to keep, especially for the movie industry. It, you know, it, let me ask you a question. Uh, and this is uh, from personal experience. You said you've had experiences afterwards, and you were talking about earlier that perhaps they might be keeping an eye on you. Do you think that might be actually the case uh, from your personal take since you've made this film? Do you think that maybe somebody's actually keeping an eye on what you're doing now? Um, it's quite feasible because, you know, nothing in one's life happens for no reason. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we, we share the same DNA with the Nordics and, and they're kind of watching over us and, and, uh, they appear when they want to appear and they, if they want to be a part of your life, they do that. And, you, you know, I think the dreams are not, I don't think they're, I think that they're more than what we think they are. And, I've had I had a dream last week, and I've been having all these kind of very realistic dreams. And uh, I think that uh, I think they're watching over me uh, uh, if I may be so modest about that. God, I hope their dreams are more than well, what they just are, because I've had some very interesting dreams about this certain brunette that I'm into, and uh, it'll be great. Well, you know what they say. I, I, you know I what they what say. That, <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say that sometimes they say that in dreams that. Nobody in your dream is not a real person. That person may be dreaming also and is in your dream, and you have some uh, connections spiritually that you are able to share that same dream at the same time. Interesting. So there is a chance that Nev Campbell was dreaming about me. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? I am completely oh, yeah. sold. I'm down with that. Nev, call me, baby. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, re real... Really, really interesting. Uh, the fact that the UFO phenomenon is also getting even more popular the last few years. Uh, do, you, do you think there's any truth to 2012 at all? You know, that's right around the corner. Do you think the Nordics have any involvement on 2012? Do you think that anything's going to happen on 2012? Uh, what, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on 2012? Um, I'm not. I, I don't think that the world's going to come to an end. I think it's going to be a spiritual year for us. Um, you know, there there are some skeptics out there. Some people believe it. Uh, I think it'll be something spiritual. I think something may something just may come out of this 2012 that may be something positive, because we all need. We, uh, this world is is becoming a, a complete wreck, uh, and there's a lot of problems going on. And we need something to change us, to change our minds, to change our thinking. And uh, I hope I hope something good will happen. I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it'll be good. I hope so. 
I yeah, don't really personally you know, think anything is going to happen myself. Uh, that's just, my, you know, my personal opinion. I think it's mostly just hype. Uh, it's a lot of uh, people who, you know, are really into the religious aspect of uh, what the mm-hmm. whole premonition is, because there is a whole doomsday scenario in the Bible itself, and there's a lot of people who right. are completely hell bent in believing, and this is that, and this is going to be the rapture, and you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that built into it, and I think it's just more paranoia than anything else. Personally, this is my personal opinion. I don't think yeah. there's much to 2012. You know, I was talking about this on my on my show earlier a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, where you know mm-hmm. we were saying, look, the Mayans when they conceive their calendar. A lot of people put a lot of stock in the fact that they stopped their calendar on December 23rd, 2012. But here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, they had to stop sooner or later. I mean, these guys are, you know, we're talking about them doing a calendar of thousands of years in the future. At, at some point, they're going to be like, you know what, uh, this is enough. They can continue on their own. Uh, I'm pretty sure somebody exactly. had the idea back then to say, you know, you know what, uh, I'm pretty sure in 4,000 years there's going to be better technology than what we have now to keep records. I'm sure they could keep the, mm-hmm. the calendar updated. Let's just uh, continue. Oh, I, I agree. Reason. I agree. Yeah. Now, the only thing that I'm suggesting is is that they said that the Mayans had communication with extraterrestrial. The only way that they would be, there's no way right. that you can predict, predict when the world's going to end because how do you know what's out there and what's going to happen? How could you see into the future and see what's going to happen, uh, especially in another world, not in our own world, not like a Nostradamus theory, because Nostradamus theory was all within our planet. This is not our planet. So how can he predict, well, uh, th- th- these two planets are going to collide and this and that, unless they were informed by an extraterrestrial said, you know what, we're going to attack or we're going to do something and this planet will be completely finished in 2012. We don't know. These, these are right. just well, uh, they, hype stuff. Even yeah. in, even in uh, their stories about aliens, I mean, they're very vague about their connection with aliens and and it's very vague the stuff that they you know actually left in their records. Uh, Mayans, yeah, there, mm-hmm. there is some stuff about aliens or creatures as they were called. I don't think they actually use mm-hmm. the term aliens or, or outer space beings or anything like that. They use I think the word creatures, uh, maybe even gods. Yeah, they look kind of they, they, they look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but look at it this way: throughout history, in, in all of our history, we have always referred to anything that comes from the heavens as gods. Is that not true? Correct. That's yeah. That's so. I mean, this is this is uh, this is a fact. Anything that's come from the heavens, even the Almighty God Himself, when you look up in the heavens, Mm -hmm. you look up into the sky. Why do you look up into the sky? You're trained to look into the sky because your gods came from the heavens. Your gods came from outside of this planet. Hence, they were aliens. This is. I'm a true believer of the Anunnaki story, and I'm glad that you're working on something with the Anunnaki because I really do believe that uh, the Anunnaki Mm -hmm. had a lot of it correct when it comes to our mm-hmm. gods and how we came to be here on this planet. Expand a little bit on this Anunnaki story that, that you're working on or that you have a connection to. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, I have uh, two. I have this project and another project. Uh, with it. That's something that's dealing with paranormal and stuff. But the, the Anunnaki thing is basically um, um, it, there's a, something brief on YouTube of an Anunnaki extraterrestrial female, and uh, she was found wandering in the outback of Australia and they, they, they basically took pictures of her and they did wow. all this infrared stuff and I don't know if you saw that on there. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to Was have... Was the blonde Anunnaki with uh, the weird... Yeah, no, correct. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one. That, that. That's what kind of... Uh, and and, and <clears throat> so I thought of, you know, kind of uh, enhancing the story a little bit to where she instead lands in, in, in Australia. She lands... Not too f- it, it, within the vicinity of Area 51, and uh, there's a crash site, and uh, 
she's taken in by the authorities for questioning, but of course you know, she doesn't communicate with them because she's communicating telepathically. And uh, I'm still working on that script uh, for that one, though. But I'm really pushing the, uh, the, the, the uh, I'm really pushing the humanoid aliens. I'm not I'm not pushing. I don't want to do anything that's dealing with any type of negative alien stuff because you know I wonder what they must be thinking up there. You know they must be hating us for doing all these. They must be thinking when are they going to do something positive? So maybe. My, by me doing this, maybe they're giving me good luck. I don't know. It's taken time, but it's, it, I think Possible. it's definitely leading in the right direction. I think that uh, but, uh, um, you know, we share the same DNA as they do, and we, uh, we're, we're related, so they can communicate with us, whether dreams are in living, and waking life. I, you know, I, I completely concur. The, the only thing I would say to that and add to that is that uh, while I'm pretty sure there are a lot of aliens out there that are very, very much uh, friendly, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of what Hollywood depicts is also very accurate. I'm pretty sure that Hollywood is depicting the you know both ends of the spectrum, because I mean you do have you know movies like E.T. which depict a friendly, cute little alien that are nice, they're not here to hurt us, they're just scientists, just worker bees, kind of like us, you know, just trying to learn. And then you have movies like Predator, and I'm pretty sure yeah. out there in the galactic universe that is you know outer space that is an infinite universe, both sides of those spectrums are actually coexisting out there. And I'm pretty sure that a lot oh, of the visitors that we've had on this planet over the last 10,000 years, 20,000 years, mm -hmm. 100,000 years, however long they've been here, uh, have been mm -hmm. from both sides of the coin. I'm pretty sure there's hostile aliens. I'm sure there's friendly aliens. Hell, I'm even sure there are gay aliens out there somewhere. I'm positive of that. Oh, uh, some of them are coming from Mexico, yeah. but that's a different story. <laughs> but oh, yeah. look, in all I, honesty, I, I, there are well, all well, kinds well, of beings out there because it's infinite space, infinite, uh, po infinite oh. amount of possibilities of the kind of beings that are going to be out there. So Hollywood, I think, gets it pretty much on, on the money a lot of times. Oh, yeah. I meant, uh, there yeah, is one... can be said about South Beach. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 did, I, did, I, I did enjoy the movie The Thing that was made in the uh, 80s with Kurt Russell. I thought it was interesting. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. You, you know, uh, of course, well, I enjoyed it, the uh, one. The original. I enjoyed the one, yeah, 1950, I believe it was, with James Arnaz. That's correct. Yeah, that meant uh, that was a very scary film for a very young kid like myself to watch that. Um, yeah. uh, so I mean, uh, but you know, I think we've surpassed that. And you know, I'm a. I was watching a program uh, with Dan Aykroyd called Unplugged, and uh, he's a very interesting guy, and he's very he's a very much intellectual guy, Dan Aykroyd, and he, uh, he knows a lot of stuff. Uh, he's seen a lot of stuff and knows a lot of stuff about what's going on out there, and. Uh, you know, uh, that we have all types of extraterrestrial beings out there. Well, one thing, he definitely has a lot of yep. money and a lot of connections that could get him into <laughs> a lot of places that you or I couldn't get. And I think because yeah. of that, there's a lot of validity to, uh, you know, what he talks about. Because he's, you know, but here's the thing. Look, Dan Aykroyd is a fan of ufology first and foremost. He's, he's really a fan of the whole subject. He's a fan of mm -hmm. the paranormal. He likes this stuff. He's the type of dude that yeah. if he wasn't so famous for being an actor, he'd be on radio doing a talk show about it. That's how much of a fan I think he I is agree. of this. Uh, that's my yeah. personal opinion, but as as that case, he also talks to a lot of people that we talk to, a lot of the folks that we've mm -hmm. interviewed on the show here, and he, you know he gets a lot of their stories, 
and he pretty much reports what he has heard from a lot of people. But you know, you have to you know understand the messenger is getting his information from a lot of folks, which might not be always telling the truth. There's a lot of uh, hoaxes and a lot of BS within ufology. Unfortunately, there's a lot of hoaxing in ufology, and he is uh, right. he, he deals with people that deal with people that are hoaxers. That's just a, a flat out truth. Uh, you know, David Sarita, God bless him, love the guy. He's, he's been on my show. Uh, he's a really nice individual. Uh, I love talking to him. He, you know, I'd love to have him back on. Uh, but he is a follower of the Billy Meyer uh, cult, as I call it. He's you know right. he, he believes right. in Billy Myers, and, and I believe that Billy Myers is a complete hoaxer. Billy Myers' wife came out saying that he was a complete hoaxer. So it, it, there's That's no correct. doubt that Billy Myers been debunked many, many times. But when you have right. you know somebody like like this propagating a hoax and making it so famous, then you have a guy like Dan Aykroyd who's coming from Hollywood with all his money, all his love for the subject. He'll start talking about cases like this without knowing really if it's true or not, just because he's a fan of it. And I think that's what mm-hmm. happens a lot, a lot of times with Dan Aykroyd and people like him. So while it's great to yeah. have him within ufology, he's not the best example always to use uh, when it comes to somebody who you know is a credible figure. Like I, I, I saw him on, I think it was, uh, damn, it was it uh, Larry King? I think not too long ago. And I was like, really, right. you're gonna have really Dan Aykroyd when you when you're trying to have you know people that are into ufology, <laughs> people that are experts in ufology. This is the guy you bring mm-hmm. on, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, I love the guy. He's he's a great comedian, mm-hmm. but that's it. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian first. You know, well, there is an another. Actor. There is another. Right, there is another guy, and, uh, and in fact, my 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 uh, good friend Zach, who worked on the film with me, produced uh, the encounter with me. There's a British pop star out of England named Robbie Williams, and Robbie Williams is him, a yes. very famous pop star, and he is a true believer. He's a fanatic with ufos he goes up to laughlin he goes out to area 51 he interviews people he does the ufo hunting and stuff and he's one to be taken seriously uh he is um quite uh an enthusiast when it comes to ufos and i would love to meet the guy and discuss with him about these <laughs> things because he really believes uh he won he said he would like to be abducted so i mean so who wouldn't if, especially with the Palladians that had my oh, movie i think she would be lining up Dude, I, well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be the first one in that line. <laughs> I'll, be, exactly. I'll be like, hold on, was she probed me? Is there a probing by her? Is that involved? Because I'll sign the dotted exactly. line right now. <laughs> exactly. So I think that, uh, um, you know, uh, I've spoken to uh, uh, a lot of people that uh, have experienced, uh, uh, that have seen uh, these type of alien beings, these beautiful, tall you know, uh, Nordic or whatever they may be, and, and they're all very, very spiritual individuals, and I think that they're here just to kind of guide us when we want, when we seek guidance. And my story was just coincidentally that when he was out there, that that uh, that UFO had occurred uh, at the right place at the right time. You know, right? Do you think, uh, Giovanni, that uh, these beings, these aliens, believe in a deity, a god, like the Bible predicts? you know, a God being out there? Do you think they believe in some sort of deity like that? I think that they created all those people. I, they, they created everything. We are all a part of their DNA. They they are of a higher, I think they are, they are at a higher level than Christ and all these other uh, deities and, 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 demigods. and angels and God, demigods. I think we, we, are, we are the product of, 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 the, of them. We are the product of them. So I think that they believe in them, but they, they, they're at a higher level than we are, and a higher level than all of our gods upon this earth and outside. 
Well, you know, if you're talking about the Anunnaki, uh, I see where you're coming from. Uh, basically, and really the way I see it is, I don't think they will be above a spiritual god per, per se, but I know exactly where you're coming from, because they seeded us, and you know, and since they are our yeah. god, they are our creators. I think personally, all the mystical gods that's ever been created throughout history have been uh, recreations of the Anunnaki gods, just uh, giving them more human features, more human backstories to try to, you know, make us believe that these are spiritual beings. When in actuality, they just, you know, had it backwards. They're not spiritual beings so much as they are aliens from other worlds. They came down here and seeded life. Maybe they do have a spiritual realm that they coexist in, or maybe there is a, you know, such thing as a soul that they inhabit right. in us. You know, Scientology, uh, really quick, Scientology, just to go off of topic here for a second, Scientology believes... Mm -hmm that you know many many millions of years ago there was a race of really evil aliens that were being uh, you know sequestered in this ship by this evil overlord named Xenu and he came to planet earth and released the mm -hmm. souls of all these beings on planet earth when man was neanderthal man and that these are the souls mm -hmm. that inhabited mankind and, and this would explain why we are warlike why we're evil to ourselves and why we argue amongst each other uh this is you know kind of their explanation for that but they do believe that right. you know the souls were brought here from aliens, from a specific alien named Xenu, who's not to say maybe they're right and Xenu is uh, an Anunnaki. Who knows? Well, you know, well, the Anunnakis were warriors. You know, they were warriors in their own right, in their own place. Uh, but the Palladians were—I mean, they've also had their little dilemmas and their battles and whatever. But they were never known as being the uh, the. Uh, the, the warrior-like type of... Uh, they're more of a very uh, uh, surreal type of... Uh, I mean, if you read a book called... Um, uh, uh, was it Bringers of the Dawn by Barbara Marcinac, you'll see that it's a very highly advanced spiritual religious uh, um, uh, book. And, and, and what, what she writes in there, because she's a channeler, though, it's a highly intellectual, spiritual... Uh, um, guide to uh, to a perfect life and a lifestyle, and, and they're highly advanced. I mean, they're very uh, spiritual uh, individuals. Kind of amazing how as uh, we kind of evolve and we keep on aging, spirituality is always something that comes right back into the fold. Uh, even though you would think with science and technology being the way it is and being that it's taken off, that people will move away from their spiritual self or their spirituality beliefs. But people really, I mean, it, it will never go away. I think there there has to be some truth to to the spirit or the human soul because, honestly, there is uh, this thing that people do not want to let go to that concept. And it, there has to be right, something. Well, I think yeah, well, as individuals, we kind of draw back to our inner self, which is our inner soul in a sense. You know, I think we all have to basically, there comes a time in your life for some people, you know, as you get older, though, you start to realize the impermanence of life and that uh, right. the, the, the spirit and the soul is, is forever and the body is, is nothing but uh, a shell. In Buddhism, they say that all the body is, is just a vessel. It will take you to your final destination. So while you're on this planet, it, what's important is that you, 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 you seek inward instead of outward. I believe that that's, that's makes a lot of sense. Well, it, it kind of goes back to the kind of goes back to the ancient Cherokee seven directions thing. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they take right. three pieces of wood and they and they make a hub, and you have um, the three pieces of wood going through this hub. 
okay, well, that's north, south, east, west, up, and down. Where's the seventh direction? Well, it's inward. So that's the Correct. seven sacred directions. Correct. I, I think that if, if less people were... Listen, we're all physical beings, and, and as long as we're physical, we need we need um, uh, we need uh, physical things, and we need materialistic things because we're human, and we need those things. But there comes a time when, well, when you have everything you need, you start to seek inward because you, your basic life is contentment with your materialistic things, and now you can focus on uh, your spiritual thing. It's it's difficult for some people to focus on that because there's oh, they're so. Um, uh, focused on the careers because if you don't have the finance, you have uh, more problems. You know, right? And then if the, yeah, it's that, not that, the that, careers, that, is the other distractions that is out there, like uh, Barry Bonds being uh, in, indicted for steroid use and all kinds yeah, of uh, crap that they throw out in the media just to keep us distracted and keep us entertained. Oh yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I, when I was driving back from Area Fifty One, there was only one radio station. And it was an AM radio station, and they were so obsessed the whole two hours of talking about Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen, winning, 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 <laughs> winning. And uh, I, I hey, said to myself, when are we going to change the top? <laughs> he liked that, huh? So I said to myself, yeah. this is what people are interested in. They're interested in a, in a drugged-out uh, uh, actor instead of talking about something that really, really will uh, inspire people. Instead of a man talking about tiger blood and going off into some other... A weird direction. I don't know. I well, mean, that's God conditioning. I mean, it's not so much. I don't think the American public is so much interested in really hearing about it. It's just this is what the yeah. media is pumping out to keep us entertained. You know, look, if you put real yeah. programming on AM radio, real stuff like Art Bell when he was doing mm -hmm. radio, that was real radio. Art Bell did it the right way. He did real mm -hmm. reporting. He did real interviews. He had real guests on. He was. He did a great mm -hmm. show. Even now, Coast to Coast is not the same without Art Bell. Even that's changed, no, and that's the yeah, that's no. the the institution that takes over a company like that, and they make it into what it becomes mm -hmm. now, which is a cookie cutter, uh, cookie cutter version of mm -hmm. what Coast to Coast used to be when Art Bell was on. That's unfortunate. That mm -hmm. that's been happening to radio nationwide. There is no real radio anymore. That's why that's why no. even the big wigs, the big radio people, are turning to online radio because, in all honesty, on, online radio is the wave of the future. This is going to take over the medium in the next five, ten years, especially now that cars are going to be coming coming out equipped with the possibility of playing shoutcast radio. So if you have a shoutcast that's account crazy. and you have a stream online, that's it. You're in the car radio. You are on radio. Correct. That's it. That's done deal. And there's no deviation. I mean, you, whatever radio station you listen to, you know that's what they're going to be. That's what they're going to be talking about. It, it's not going to be this. Uh, right. uh, I, I'm a strong believer in that. And I think that uh, I think what you guys are doing uh, is is very. Um, uh, it's a very uh, interesting uh, program you have on this on this radio show, and I think that you should continue that and seek the depths of uh, getting more uh, more people that are into uh, movies that do meaningful stuff and. Uh, get in that direction you know look man we've had well, on, all on that no, we've we had on people that you, we've had people on that you you would hear on coast to coast on this station and uh yeah. you know we are going to continue doing these kind of programming for the simple reason that this information needs to get out to the public a, a lot of this stuff like we reported today yeah. about the fbi memo that reports that the roswell crash indeed happened you don't hear that on mainstream news. You don't hear that that piece of information is on FBI.com. You don't hear that anywhere. 
but yet we report you don't, it because you don't, it has to yeah. be reported. The people must know about this. Well, they didn't have the report five years ago when I was uh, at 12 o'clock at night. I was at the corner of Flamingo and Pecos, and there was a mothership that was in the distance, and it stretched for about 12 miles long, and it was, uh, I mean, it was phenomenal. And it was nowhere in the news. It wasn't a fire in, in, up in the mountains. Nothing was mentioned on the news at all. Nothing. And I was so excited. I was telling people, look up, look up. And they, it was just, and I went and dragged my father and I picked up my, my wife and we were all looking at it though. And it was just, it was, it was unbelievable. And then I saw another UFO out in El Dorado Canyon. It, it looked like a round, uh, kind of rusted ball that they actually took a picture of back in the 50s in, in Texas or, or New Mexico. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere now. It, they're making themselves more and more it visible. Is. It's like they're telling us something. They're saying, listen, you know, uh, this is real. And I saw the thing on Roswell. I mean, they opened the, reopened the files. Yes, they are. They, not only did they reopen it, they put out a document pretty much stating clearly that there was three discs that landed, they crashed. There were three bodies in each one of the discs. That, now we're talking about three bodies in three discs, guys. No weather, bodies, no weather balloons. No weather balloons. No weather balloons. No weather balloons. Crashed alien saucers with alien bodies. Wow. I mean, this is clear as they. The only thing they no crash test the dummies. Right. None of that. The only thing they removed was the names of the officers involved in the initial recovery. That I understand. You know, you don't want to make that kind of information public to you know really cause somebody a headache who doesn't want the headache or need right. the headache. So I kind of understand them. You know brushing out the names of those individuals but the fact that this document is on FBI's website just that fact right, alone right. is amazing that's incredible oh, it is. that's mean, disclosure you know, I, right there I, I, it's disclosure you know people are still going out and looking for debris because you know yes. they went in there and they, 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 they <laughs> yes. vacuumed they, they, they took everything out uh, but you know and, and I, I watched a program yesterday about Roswell it was made back in the 90's and it had uh, some people on there that were doing uh uh, investigations of that particular area, you know, going up in a helicopter and checking stuff out. Yeah. That it's real. We are not alone. How could we be alone when there's all this stuff in the sky? I mean, we're not alone. I don't know what they teach in the Bible. Don that Smith, Adam and Eve were the only ones. Don Smith, who is uh, author and filmmaker and um, coordinator of the only archaeological digs that ever took place on on the. Uh, Roswell, the Roswell Ranch. Um, he's going to be in seventh heaven with this memo release. I mean, there's just I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. And oh. then, of course, it, 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 like Stanton, Stanton Friedman, who's yeah, yeah, he's been the, uh, the doctor this for yeah. years. Oh yeah, uh, and, I, I, he showed a document that was given to him, and he. And it was amazing. It was all blacked out. He says, okay, if they're not hiding anything, why, is, why are all these documents <laughs> yeah, blacked out? Yeah. Why are they blacked out? I saw that, yes. Oh, we have nothing to hide. Okay, so we're going to black out like 90% of the, all the report about Roswell in 1947. I meant, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe the government doesn't want it to, uh, to cause a panic or whatever, but we're not scared. We want the truth. Yeah. It's as simple you know, as that, I I mean, you know. It, 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 I don't know if you ever seen the footage of the uh, Tether video that, that was leaked in the 90s from Martin Stubbs, yeah. the, the famous Tether incident, uh, which was yeah. NASA footage and shows clearly what looks like UFOs or disc-shaped objects floating around this Tether, which is like 15 miles long. That sealed yeah. it for me. 
that was oh, a yeah. danger, I think, for me. And that, Walter Holt, uh, Holt coming forward, uh, who, of course, was the person who wrote the actual document at Roswell that said that, yes, the aliens crashed and there was a flying saucer disc and they'd have to retract the statement. Walter Holt, when he came forward before he passed away, that clinched it for me. I mean, I, if yeah, we were in a court of law, it'll be over mm-hmm. with at that point. Oh, yeah. Now, did, did, did they say exactly what type? Now, there's diff- different stories. Now, they're saying that in 1947 that, uh, that uh, they, the, uh, the extraterrestrials that they found were humanoid, and now they said they were like, uh, like gray-looking and that, and that their, their bodies were autopsied in a local mortuary. And that they were uh, they were they were more like uh, uh, kind of gray looking. It's very very confusing. Um, right. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be like three feet tall, three feet and a half, something like that. Short, uh, gray mm-hmm. beings, the the traditional gray aliens, uh, but three feet tall. That's basically what uh, the document states well, was found at sorry, the crash sites. I, I hate to tell you, but when a human being dies and they're not embalmed, they end up turning gray. It's just that simple. There you go. Too. So that is true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I already see it already happening to Wayne Newton, and he's still alive. So okay. I. Um... Well, fair <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times can you sing Don? <laughs> I know he, he's he's still breathing, but his career is dead. So uh, unfortunately, I mean, he lives about five <laughs> miles from my house. And uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. But this is the thing, though. Supposedly there was a story, though, that in 1947 the, uh, the, the UFOs came down. I don't know if this was a separate uh, scenario than the Roswell, where the Palladians came down and they they spoke with uh, was it, was Truman was the president then, right in 47. Yes, Truman, I believe. Was and that, the that, yes. yeah, and then and that that the Palladians came down and tried to negotiate about some type of galactic federation. I don't know if I want to believe in that uh, galactic federation type of thing, uh, but uh, it seems that there was. I don't know. <laughs> You know, there's so much stuff out there. Whether you want to, uh, if it's believable or not, I don't know. Look, well, anytime you hear the words "Galactic Federation," or, yeah, yeah, but anytime I you know. hear "Galactic Federation," I think Star Trek, and uh, I completely, uh, I, I do, I, I do. So. Why would why would aliens call an organization "Galactic Federation"? They would probably call it like "King Kong" or something like that. <laughs> something we can't even pronounce. Exactly. So, you know, one never knows about whether those things are... You know, I think uh, the reason why a lot of people may do fake stories or may they may uh, do hoaxes is because they really want us to, 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 to believe, so they go out of their ways to do things to make us really realize that, you know, they go out of their way to make it, to, to make it seem for us to understand that, uh, you know, these things exist, so they go out of their way and make it a hoax, so we really get interested in it, you know. Oh, it, it, it's, yeah. it's a combination of different things. I mean, it's it, part of it is a magic act. Is this is misdirection? Is really what it is. They're they're feeding you a whole lot of lies with one hand, and they're giving you misinformation mm-hmm. with the, with this hand. But then the other hand is really doing the trick and doing the illusion. And the reality is on the yeah. other hand. You just don't see it because you're taken by the left hand that is showing you the lies. It's all misdirection. It's, oh, yeah. it's all and, a lot of look. A lot of the folks that come forward with hoaxes. I believe are actually put in place by different government agencies who are, you know, their task is to, you know, manipulate, infiltrate, and discredit ufology, and oh know, yeah, propagate I, these hoaxes. I, I agree. I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. There's another, yeah, like there's another thing. Area 51 supposedly does not exist. I go out there and but there's yet I have it on Google Maps. Exactly. 
They say that it doesn't exist. Nothing's going on. You go past the mailbox and you're in trouble. Um, yeah, right. And you got the camels up there. We don't know who they work for. Do they work for Pinkerton, Wackenhut? We don't know. Uh, you you step the line and you're you're uh, you're finished. That's it. You're, you're it's over. Oh, they uh, got you know, they got they orders to it. shoot on sight. If you Correct. fail to stop Correct. and turn around at the moment they see you, they have orders to shoot on sight. Yep. Did you see that video about this guy that drove up and there were these two old ladies parked out there, and they were asking questions about they were lost, and then they we didn't know if they were working for the government or whoever they, if they were extraterrestrials. They got back in their car and they drove past the line, and the camels came down the hill and chased them, and we don't know what happened after. The guy shut the film off, and it was over. Two old ladies oh, that went I'm past the line. Going... Oh, it's freaky. It's really, really scary. Huh. I mean, you know, I mean, they're there huh. 24 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. That is freaky stuff. Uh, guys, we're almost at the end of the show here. Giovanni has been an awesome, you know, time having you on the show here uh before we do let you go can you give everybody your information how to find you how to uh you know keep up to date with what you're doing especially this movie that i uh, you know the short film and whatever future releases you have coming up yeah they just go to my facebook uh if you type in facebook and you just type in the encounter uh you can any new updates or anything like that you can go there about my movie curse of willowbrook uh or that's kind of like a movie like Amityville Horror, and then and then I have the other project, and they can check out all the new status on Facebook, or they can go to they can go to YouTube and type in my name, and then the film will pop up there, the uh, UFO the Encounter, and you'll see it right there. Very cool, Rick. Well, one thing we have one thing we haven't uh, before. Yeah, oh, one. Actually, I do. One thing we haven't discussed is. Um, a film festival award that I understand you received for the encounter. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. Um, I was. Uh, what you call it? I was on the. Um, unfortunately, I didn't win, but I was on the. Um, uh, I was. Uh, the film was uh, went to the finals, and uh, and uh, I guess uh, they. I think another. I think the film that won was something dealing with the same old usual topic, which is about crop circles. So. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, we're going to get tired of crop circles after a while. So, but you know, hey, listen, I'm going to be in UFO Matrix magazine, Ufologist magazine in Australia, and IFQ magazine, and the other one is uh, UFO Sweden magazine, all coming up this month for the encounter. So cool. Uh, yes. So I'm hoping uh, somebody out there will pick up counter and make it happen. Yes, yep. that'd be a good idea. It sounds like a like an awesome story. I'd definitely like to see a major motion picture done out of this. And you know, with as hot as ufology and UFOs are right now with the movie industry, I don't see why they mm-hmm. wouldn't. I mean, it's a, it's a great story. Uh, it, speaking you know, oh, real yeah. quick before we do let you go, speaking of crop circles, uh, did you ever see the mm-hmm. Arecibo message uh, reply that we received a few years ago? Uh, and the crop circles that followed that one, which had a face of an alien holding up what looked like a disc with information on it. I did see the image. I was not familiar with the uh, little the, the story behind it, but I did see that image of an of an extraterrestrial holding up something. Uh, uh, you may want to have to fill me in on that one. I'll have to check it out online. Yeah, do a little research on that. And I wanted to end uh, really with this quote. Uh, they 
kind of decoded a little bit of what the disc supposedly says, and uh, mm-hmm. it said, "Beware of false, bear, false bearers of gifts." I think that's, we all have to do that. Correct. Beware of false yeah, bearers of gifts. And I and I'll tell you something. My film is very much reality, and I'm the only for, I'm the first guy to make a movie about Samyasi, the Palladian female that came down here and spoke with Billy Meyer. I'm the first one. Uh, and this girl in the film looks just like Samyasi, and she's playing Samyasi in my project. So I'm trying to put out uh, non-false um, uh, information, and I think that it we're, it's time for the truth. That is what we're talking about here. Always try to stick to the facts. Uh, that's what we're trying to do here on the show, and that's what ufology needs. We need more factual information. So, you know, with that quote, mm-hmm. beware of bearers of false gifts. Always stick to that quote. It's a very interesting quote, and it's a very interesting reply, the Erosible message. If you know about the Erosible message, in the 70s we sent out a, a message, basically, with our human DNA structure, our uh, planet, on you know, in our solar system. And, you know, all the information is the basic uh, building blocks of our life here on planet Earth. And uh, this right. crop circle depicted a reply, which replied, not our planet, but another planet in a different galaxy, in a different solar system, and beings that looked like the greys, and they were all like about three foot tall in the Arecibo message. Yeah, the That kind of uh, coincides with uh, the memo. So yeah, I think exactly. there's a lot of truth to the greys. Yeah, that's true. And I just want to... Thank, uh, so, thank you so much for being on here with us. Go ahead. Thank you so much for having me. Been a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much, guys. No, but go ahead. If, if, if finish your uh, your thought there. You were going somewhere, and I really interrupted. I'm sorry about that. We have a slight delay here on the line. Uh, we've been having a little bit of technical issues, so there's a slight delay in our call. But uh, you're about to say something. Uh, continue. Oh, I was just going to say that I'd like to definitely would 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 love more than uh, more than happy to come on your show again with any newer developments and uh, uh, come back on again. Uh, if I may do so. You know, that's the thing. And I Absolutely. will be listening to your show every week. Thank well, good. We, we need another listener. You've been an hey, awesome guest. hey yes, he'll double our audience. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. I miss. Okay, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks Bye-bye. So much, Giovanni, for God bless. With us. Okay. Guys, okay. that's okay. The, the great Giovanni Sticco, the director, producer, and writer of The Encounter, the short film, and a uh, really nice guy. Uh, Rick, I... I Thoroughly enjoyed uh, the interview here with Giovanni. What do you think? Absolutely. Yep, I, I enjoyed so our chat during the breaks, too. Uh, it, we have a lot in common, not just with the UFO phenomenon, but also with our our uh, passion, which is relating that to film. So there you go. That's right. So the, help help, uh, help uh, the encounter get out there. Let's make it go uh, more viral. Let the, let the listeners go and check it out and comment. I would much appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll be running it this weekend as a filler for our break. How's that? Is that okay? Fantastic. I really do appreciate it, guys. All righty. There you go. God bless. Guys, Thank you so much. We're signing off here. In- we're signing off here on Skywatchers Radio. Thanks again to our guest, Mr. Giovanni Sticco, for uh, joining us here and uh, being a wonderful guest here on the show. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been listening in. Everybody's going to check out the show later on the podcast. Uh, guys, remember www.psn-radio.com is the website. Get there, bookmark it, go to the chat rooms, and join us when we have our live shows. We'll be back next week, 11 o'clock also, Eastern Time here on Skywatchers Radio on Monday. And, uh, Rick, you have a guest coming up this weekend on Unraveling the Secrets. Do you not, my friend? 
I do not actually. This is this is uh, we're doing a rerun weekend because Dennis is on hiatus for a couple of weeks actually. So uh, oh, we'll be is, running right. a best of. Yep, but we'll be running a best of. In fact, uh, for the following weekend, I'm going to do a true best of, which would be some of our best clips out of the past year. So there you go. Interesting. Some of the best clips out of the last year. Interesting. I guess you guys are yep. uh, two hours a break, clips. Huh? Well, you guys need it. You're hard workers. Yep. Well, he is. He is. I mean, I'm I'm working hard editing videos. So you know. How do you call that a break? Yes, you are. Oh, I don't know. I love it. So <laughs> That's just fun, dude. That's all that is. Anyway, guys, we'll be back here, like I it said, is. next Monday. So stick around and join us next week here on Skywatchers Radio. I will definitely be back on this weekend. I have Aaron Price on the show, The Jackal's Head, this weekend. And uh, that's a really cool dude, Aaron Price. He's, uh, he's an actor from uh, Spain, originally born in London or the UK somewhere. I have to find out exactly where but yeah he's from overseas anyway and he's going to be joining us all the way from spain so that's going to be kind of cool so join join me for that this weekend on the jackal's head anyway guys uh, we'll catch you here on sky watchers on monday so take care goodbye good night sleep tight thanks everybody all that Just like me